On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a beautiful Wednesday night and thanks to Finey on another fantastic show and he'll be back tomorrow uh, night again as always from 7pm. And the boys from the Wonder Years, always good to hear Zanners and Milne on a Wednesday night before the Diego's. Uh, hope your evening's going well. Vinny Venezuela looking resplendent there in red and blue. Yes, I've got uh, Norwegian uh, colours on uh, today um, uh, Rodrigo, but I'm not happy. Why not? I'm going to tell you right now because Warren comes in, he makes, he makes bets, right? Mr Melbourne City over here you know, long-standing, <laughs> rolling bet. You know, I'm talking about the derby. His team loses the derby. The honourable thing to do is to come to the show with the bottle of wine that, that was promised. But, you know, Mr Grumpy Bum over here decides <laughs> to withhold. It's just not sportsmanlike at all, Rodrigo. Warren Diego, welcome back. Thank you, Rodrigo. <laughs> and can I say, mm. I don't apologise for it either. And as far as I'm concerned, I will keep having bets with... <laughs> Vinny. Thanks for that tip today too, by the yeah, way. They're, they're not, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. I will keep having bets with Vinny, but I will not pay out on victory wins until City win a game. So I want a bottle of wine in my direction before he... before I, And I know I owe him one, and I'll bank them up. I might owe him four, five, six, whatever. But until he has to give me one for a City win, I'm sick of losing. <laughs> Well, I'm Carlos, welcome to the show. Good to it. see you. How are you there, Rodrigo? Yeah. By the way, Kingston Town wasn't running last week. I put money on Kingston Town, Warren, on your bet. In Manicato. And, and, and Big Falou. Kingston Town won the He's cop- long gone, He won Big the Falou. cops by three times. Anyway. That's when Bill Collins How are you said, there, Rodrigo? Yeah, you can't feel good. Um, I'm, I'm feeling really fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cut this, this little yeah. uh, tate-a-tate between the two Diego boys here uh, because I want to talk about the FFA Cup tonight. It, what a fantastic exhibition mm. of uh, football tonight. Victory, of course, defeated Hume City. 3-0, which really, you know, belies... Hang on, are you going to say what the, all the commentators, that the score flattered Melbourne victory? No, no. No, I, sorry, I, okay. I, I was going to say yeah. it um, It hurt Hume City. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't indicate how As well a, they played. It, well, that means it flattered victory. No, 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 I just didn't know. <laughs> it doesn't indicate how well they played. Yeah. Barisha scored a penalty, and then Barbarousas and Garia scored... Uh, Scored a couple, uh, of course, you know, from around the 89th minute. So, um, of course, Melbourne Victory now play Perth Glory in the final yep. of the FFA Cup. It was fantastic. There were about 6,200 people there. Yep. Not sure of the A little exact bit number. disappointing. That was a little bit disappointing. They should have played it on the, on the Hume uh, home patch, I reckon. Yeah, no, look, get I, thought, 6, I thought it was fantastic. Yep. So, um, well done to both. And we're um, hoping to get uh, Lou Osevsky uh, a little bit uh, later on, the coach of the Hume City, uh, have a chat with him and uh, talk to him about the experience. But uh, the hot topic tonight, make sure you give us a call tonight on 94291116. Have a chat to the Diegos if you were at the FFA Cup. Yeah, tell us uh, about it. And, uh, you know, you lingered after it. Now you're in the car on your way home. Uh, give us a call, 94291116, or on the text messages. Uh, the hot topic on 0433981116. What is the hot topic tonight, boys? The hot topic of 
of course, uh, in the last three or four days, the FFA's come out, they shared the news, they leaked it to all the media guys, so the media guys were talking about it days before, but they came out and basically said they weren't going to uh, grant mm. Wellington Phoenix the 10-year licence that they were after. Uh, now uh, their licence runs out at the end of the season, and they can still... Uh, submit an application for a four-year license, but it has to be ticked off by New Zealand Football, OFC, AFC, and FIFA. And I think the FFA... Tony Abbott, too, apparently. The FFA have uh, got something to say about that, too. It's quite clear that the FFA are trying to angle Wellington Phoenix out here. I I think it's unabashed the way they're doing it. So the hot topic tonight is, Mm. should the FFA get rid of Wellington Phoenix? The first thing I'll be doing, if I'm... At Wellington Phoenix, as I'm changing the strip, and it's going to have a you know a hand with giving showing the bird. Because <laughs> if I'm going to go out, if I've got one more year, I'm going to let everyone know how I feel about. Well, you've got to get the four years, Vinny. Otherwise, you've got only well, half a season. You've got to introduce some new merchandise now. Yeah, well, you, we can do this. They yeah. can do this. Should the FFA get rid of Wellington Phoenix? Zero four double zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Send us your text message, and uh, you'll be on the air quickly, Warren. Oh, look. For what it's worth, and yeah. I know most people don't want to hear my opinion, but I'll give it anyway. Look, emotionally, if you take in the emotion of, you know, the team's been there, the players and all that, emotionally, yes. Every other reason, no. Get well, rid of them. We'll talk more about this a little bit later on, and of course, throughout the show, the hot topic, um, you know, should the FFA get rid of the Wellington Phoenix? But tonight, of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, Hume City. Uh, went to Amy Park tonight in the semi-final of the FFA Cup. They lost to Victory 3-0, but, um, you know, really, they really, you know, um, put up a good account for themselves and, and 3 3-0 uh, belies the effort that they put in tonight, Carlos. It's That's flat what I'll victory, say. yeah. Lewisevsky, the uh, coach of Hume City, is on the line and ready to talk to the Diegos. Good evening, Lou, and welcome to the show. Yeah, good evening, gents. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, our pleasure. It's Rodrigo here. You've got Vinny, uh, Warren and Carlos. Um Lou, look, congratulations firstly to you and your club. Um, how, how was the... Just just quickly take us through what it was like to uh, play on a stage like that against uh, the best team in Australia. Yeah, look, um, first of all, i just got to excuse my voice. I've lost a bit of my voice. That's <laughs> understandable. Um, no, apart from that, look, uh, the occasion was obviously fantastic, fantastic for the lads. Um, I, I think they thoroughly deserved to get the opportunity to play there tonight against uh, the, the best team in, in Australia currently, so... Um, they, they thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, um, I was very, very proud of their efforts. Now, Lou, Ben Williams has never been shy from controversy, and I'm just wondering, are you disappointed that for the sake of the game, he just didn't give that penalty early on? It was a clear penalty, handball, absolutely. And just if you'd got that early goal, and I'm not saying it was undeserved or whatever, but if you had have got that early goal, it just would have given the players even more incentive and probably just really sparked their effort even more throughout the whole of the game. You know, look, uh, we thought it was a definite penalty and I think Ben Williams uh, gave a lot more softer fouls throughout that first half, especially with Borussia a couple of times diving, etc. in that first half. But, yeah, look, I was very surprised with Ben Williams. Um, You know, full-time referees, etc. And I just... Uh, if I'm being honest, I wasn't happy with his performance one little bit. But, um, you know, look, uh, let, let's talk on, on a positive note, and that's about my team. The boys were fantastic. Um, they gave it all they got. Uh, if we had a bit of luck, I think we were 1-0 down with our 15 minutes to go, and 
Young Sergio went through one-on-one in a, in a great opportunity to put the ball away. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go in. But if that did go in, um, you know, we could be going into extra time than maybe penalties as we're speaking. Lou, it's Carlos. Uh, by the way, David Gallup's on the other line. You've just copped a five thousand dollars fine, mate. <laughs> but it's okay. The Diego's will, will rattle a few tins and, and get that money for you. Uh, Lou, congratulations, mate. Uh, the boys were so splendid throughout the whole competition. They were a great win against Oakley. You really did have a fantastic uh, tactical setup today. Made it really difficult for victory. Uh, Chris Oldfield, tell me about your goalkeeper. Uh, I know he's a, he's a Liverpool boy. There's stories about him being at the Liverpool. Uh, youth team. Warren's very excited about the fact Absolutely. he's got someone who wore a red shirt uh, playing in, in the league. He's been fantastic. Is it a matter of time before you lose him to a, to an A-League club once he gets his visa issues sorted out? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he's, he's been uh, really, really consistent over the last four years. I I'm actually I brought him out from the UK uh, four years ago um, as our first choice and he's been, you know, uh, ever-present week in, week out definitely the most consistent and definitely the best in Victoria, um, obviously at this level. Uh, the visa issue has been a stumbling block um, right from the word go and uh, thank God for him that he's getting his permanent residency in January where he can apply for his permanent residency um, here in Australia and then I'm sure that's going to open up many more um, doors for him in, in the A-League. I, I know Central Coast Mariners have had a good look at him Um I believe there's interest from Sydney FC to have a look at him, um, you know. And so, look, uh, you know, the kid is definitely good enough. Uh, all he needs to do is uh, basically give him an opportunity in, in that environment. Lou, uh, Vinny Venezuela here. Uh, one of your subs, Azagani, came on, the, mm. the young lad, and he was also, uh, he was plucky and he turned on a five-cent piece and nearly made something out of nothing as well. Tell us a little bit about him as well. Yeah, look, uh, by ch- pure chance and... Uh, we, we, we came across him where we uh, basically got a phone call, said, come and have a look at this boy, let this boy come and train with you guys. Um, you know, he's been playing in the lower leagues in Victoria, uh, but that's because he wasn't a permanent resident, he was actually a visa status, and he's just received his permanent residency. So the boy came down, he, he, you know, he did ever so well at training. We played him in a practice game against Melbourne Victory about eight weeks ago, and he scored two goals in his debut. <laughs> so I think he did enough to warrant a, a deal for, with us, and uh, you know, he's been really, really good. He's only young. He's only 23. Um, you know, and I'm sure, you know, once we start pre-season and, and you know, start blending and working on a few things, I'm sure he'll be a, a very good striker uh, for us next year. And just very quickly, before you go into this sort of game, do you just say to the boys, shop window? Shop window, <laughs> fellas. This could be the start of something bigger if you win for me tonight. <laughs> Yeah, look, there is boys in our team that, you know, want to progress and, you know, have football play a big part in their lives. And you're right, you're spot on there where it is a shop window opportunity for themselves. And going on tonight's performance, a lot of the boys didn't do any harm whatsoever to their reputations. Lou, the FFA Cup's been going for a couple of years now. I think the... um I think the score is uh, 17 or 18 wins to A-League teams against um, non-A-League teams. The golf in class and difference, and I'm... I'm not saying it deter- it takes anything away from the competition, but do you think there'll be a point to which the upsets happen more often? Is it going to build depth in the teams that are qualifying and getting up against these A-League teams, or is it going to be hard to bridge that gap so we get the the next part of the FFA Cup, which is the, the fairy tale result? You guys beating victory midweek in an A-League season to make a final. Yeah, oh, Look, over the last uh, two years, I believe the gap's 
has has come back between or has been bridged basically between the A-League and Victorian MPL uh, or MPL football in general. Um, and, and I think it'll continue to get closer over the next year or two, especially when, you know, state, fed, uh, state federation member clubs like ourselves and any other club from interstate at MPL level, you know, that they see all the hype, all the media, their clubs like Bentley Green's got themselves last year and, and we got ourselves this year. They're going to be pushing to get this uh, semi-final position next year or the next you know, the next couple of competitions coming in the next couple of years. They will do everything in their power. And, you know, to, to do that, you've got to be successful, first of all, off the ground, but then on the ground. And, you know, to be successful on the ground, you need some, some very good footballers. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, and, you know, the talk around town is every club is strengthening. Um, they, they want to sign better players. They want to become a bigger, a bigger and better club. Um you know, to get themselves an opportunity to, to put themselves in that line when it come FFA Cup uh, time. Yeah, just on that point there, Lou, uh, I mean, you guys have got a $12 million facility. Your club, from all reports, is run really professionally for a, for a semi-professional club. Uh, you've got a good blend of, of young kids there. You don't have too many veterans in, in your squad, so there's, a, there's an eye to the future. You're a coach that's just taken your team to a semi-final of the FFA Cup and really pushed uh, Melbourne victory as far as you can. When you're sitting down, I mean, when do you, do you have a holiday or do, do, do you sit down right tonight with your, with your team and say, okay, we need this guy, we need this guy? And how far are you away from uh, maybe bringing in a David Trezeguet on a more regular basis? Uh, to really uh, maybe have an eye on that second that second division A league that might come up in the next few years. Yeah, look uh, to answer that first part of the question, um, I am going on holidays and I'm going on holidays on Tuesday with the family, which was booked about seven months ago. So if we were, if we did get through to the to the grand final, there would have been no family holidays. So, <laughs> but uh, I would have taken that on the chin, not a problem at all. Um, now, second part of the uh, of the question is we've already signed. Uh, five players for next year. We've identified what positions we believe we needed to improve to really shake, the, first of all, the Victorian NPL. That's our aim next year is to win the championship. Then second, the Victorian Doherty Cup. And then obviously third, to progress again into minimum uh, the semi-final of the FFA Cup. But, you know, we know it's a long road ahead. Um, you know, it's like you said, we've, we've gone forward in leaps and bounds over the last seven, eight years, especially over the last two years. Um, you know, we've got plans in progress and we're, we're sticking to plans um, to, to grow and, and become the strongest club at NPL level. Um, but, you know, look, it's, there's many facets of that that really need to be improved. You know, um, you know, starting, like I keep mentioning, off the ground, stability, juniors. Um, you know, we've become a very family-orientated club. Um, you know, and then we progress of trying to develop our juniors to become senior footballers at, at Hume City. Um, and you know, and, and you can blend and you know, bring in your own from from the age of you know nine, ten, sort of moving on. Obviously, the, the better footballers will obviously always progress to the A League, and you know, we'll be very, very proud to to help their progress to achieve that. Um, now, sorry, go on. No, sorry, Lou. I was going to say you you have been linked with a, a few big names in the lead up to this game, and I was just going to give you Diego's tip. If you want to get Del Piero, just say the word project. Put the word project <laughs> in the sentence and be on his way. Now, look, uh, you know, t- touching on that marquee, um, it, it was uh, a very, very tough challenge. We, we tried everything and anything, and, um, you know, we got to numerous representatives and numerous people, uh, and it was a very big eye-opener, especially for myself, 
Um, you know, when you're going that, that path, when you're talking to former World Cup winners and former European Champions League uh, players, etc., it was, uh, you know, it was a very tough bad office, basically. But, you know, we came very, very close. Um, time just didn't allow us. I, if I'm being honest, if we had another week, one more week, I think we, we would have got someone across the line. Well, that would have been awesome, Lou. Hey, mate, um, we'll let you go now, but I just want to say on behalf of everyone that's listening in, the Diego's, congratulations uh, to you and your club on uh, on making it this far and um, really showing you know what Victorian football is all about. So congratulations. Uh, you lost tonight, but um, you can celebrate tonight and go on a holiday. And just as well, didn't go into um, extra time because you would have got cramped <laughs> <That's right. laughs> on, the, on the boundary, on the bench there. So, but uh, on, good on, on you, mate. Thanks, thanks for that. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. No, look, guys, I appreciate it. All I want to do is just send out a quick message to all the Hume City fans and really thank you for their support over the journey, especially in the last three months, and hopefully they can all come on board. And uh, not just the Hume City fans, but, you know, any, anybody that's following football or soccer, should I say, in Victoria, wants uh, to watch a team with exciting football, hopefully they'll come on board. Yeah, thanks fantastic. Again, good on you, Lou. Have a good holiday, and uh, thanks for joining the Diego's. There's Lou Yosefsky, the coach of Hume City, who lost the semi-final of the FFA Cup tonight to Melbourne Victory 3-0. And a very good goalkeeper. We didn't have enough time because you were you were sort of really keeping us under under wraps there, Rodrigo. I wanted to talk about his, uh, his safe hands, soft, safe hands. Very good goalkeeper in his day, Lou, hmm. in his day in the old NSL. Next time, Carlos. Which proves that yep. uh, goalkeepers can become good coaches. Okay, we're going to take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. I've had teams before, but if you told them to put it in the mixer, they went home and laid concrete in their backyard. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's. And thanks for your company tonight on a Wednesday night. It is the Diego's and it is FFA Cup night. Victory through to the uh, final to play Perth Glory after they defeated Hume City 3-0. Barisha, Barbarousas and Gary has scored his first goal uh, for the senior team. It's good to see that he's actually producing our show tonight too, Jason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In front of about It doesn't make for good radio, no. but I'll take a photo and we'll put him on Twitter. We've got Jason Gary producing our show tonight. Yeah, after starring for victory, <laughs> yeah, he's right. uh, here producing the Diego. 6,200 odd people at Amy Park Warren. Yeah, no, Rodrigo, you know, I just did that first live read just before, yeah, and yeah. I don't know whether you should go again, but I thought we were talking about you, footballer, father, family man, and friend <laughs> yes. in this fascinating <laughs> documentary. And I don't use as much Carlos, gel. what did you say? You said I should have ad-libbed more, but you'll get to meet who at this? We're going. We're the going. The Diego's are going. The Diego's. Yeah. All of us well, and is, family and yeah, friends. But, but it's an all-village cinema, so they'll have to take a guess where we're going. But, <laughs> Vinny, you're organising it. Which one are we going to? It's at the Jam Factory. Um, I don't know. It's yeah, at okay, the Jam okay. Factory. I think we'll, we'll, we'll be going to the Ronaldo movie. We'll tweet that out, will yeah. we, or something? Mm. We yeah, can yeah. let people know when we know. Yeah, absolutely. Monday the 9th of November. We, we want to be mobbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So This is taking a live read to the next level. <laughs> That's right. All right. The, this, uh, this is a sponsor getting its money's yeah, absolutely. worth. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, send us your text messages tonight. The hot topic is, should the FFA get rid of Wellington Phoenix? Of course, after they knocked back their 10-year uh, extension bid um, and said you can only have four. Was now, that right? Rodgers, we haven't had our 
we haven't shared our opinion about this yet. No, no. So, uh, I'll, so I'll just yeah, quickly go, share go ahead, yep. some opinions um, yep. from our text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Marie, thanks for your messages. She says, "Let Wellington stay." Um, Brian in Footscray, Wellington Phoenix should be kicked out. <laughs> yes, bro. Choice FFA decision. Stop the Wellington boats. That's uh, regards Tony Abbott. Thanks for that, Tony. Um, that seems to be that seems to be the uh, sentiment. Um, and just from Stephen in Richmond, just a bit off topic. Carlos Alberto Diego, the man with the spring in his pants. <laughs> True. Yes. True. Anyway, Slip what do you think tone? about that, Carlos? Uh, uh, what do I think about that? Right, should look, the FFA should the FFA get rid if of? If they get rid of Wellington, they're a, they're a decent club. They're a strong club. They pay their bills. They only draw five, six thousand people. They don't add anything to the competition at all. <laughs> if you get rid of them, it's unfair. It's unjust. But that's that's not what this is all about. When you say they don't add anything to the competition, what do you mean? But they don't add financially. Any, they, they don't nothing. add anything by way of commercial, um, you know, interest incentives, uh, a, a sponsorship from a from a. If, if you're selling sponsorship for the league, not for the individual clubs for a league, they're not going to jump up for joy if they if you've got Wellington as part of your portfolio. If you've got a West Sydney Wanderers, yes, they jump for joy. If you've got a Melbourne Victory, they jump for joy. The point I'm going to be making is... Sorry to interrupt just yeah. one more time, but um, surely Wellington being in the A-League is good for for the A-League in, in New Zealand and marketing they opportunities through there. Not, not that it's a big... You know, population or anything like that. But it's the A-League because it's the Australian League. Yeah. And if we're only keeping it to 10 teams, if we keep Wellington Phoenix because it's fair to keep them and emotionally we should keep them and it's unjust if we get rid of them, at the expense of a team that could possibly be another West Sydney Wanderers, according to all the evidence and the data that's out there, a team in in the southern part of Sydney may well be that big. For me... It's what's good for the sport. And in five years' time, with all due respect to Wellington and our Kiwi friends, I'm not going to miss Wellington. And if it's for the best if, – if we get a, a TV deal on Channel 9 because we have another West Sydney Wanderers in our competition and we get rid of Wellington, I'd rather have our sport on Channel yes, 9 or given, Channel 7 or Channel 10. Given that a team like Mariners or Newcastle have been struggling as well mm-hmm. – if they were to go, we wouldn't miss them either. It would be the same thing. So no, but they're Australian clubs, Vinny. Yes, but if they're not viable and and where they at least Wellington is paying its own way. Yeah, but if you ask any of the players, any of the clubs, where you know, off the record because they won't say publicly whether they want to tra- have Wellington Phoenix in the thing just purely for travel, they'll say yeah, get rid of them. I'm telling especially you, the Perth guys. Yeah, especially <laughs> the Perth guys. The Auckland Warriors in the rugby league bring ten to twenty million dollars extra to through TV rights deals to the national rugby league competition. That's because it's a rugby rugby country. If if Wellington were able to bring that sort of money, I don't think we'd be having this type of discussion. I mean, as much as I think. You don't want to get rid of. Cl- you don't want to lose clubs. I mean, the you undermine the credibility of the competition if you're chopping and changing. And what are we? We're in the eleventh or twelfth season of the A League, and we've had too many teams come and go through other reasons. So I don't think you'd like to lose one. But I don't know that they bring a lot to the table. They're the most lowly watched team. So you know that that three o'clock game or whatever time. Not, nobody watches it, so they don't bring any extra. And Sky Sports Television in New Zealand's not paying any extra for the rights for Wellington Phoenix games than what they get through their partnership with, with Fox. But I will differ on one thing, Carlos. They've, some club has to take off taking your tops off at the 80-minute mark <laughs> if you're actually winning. So that has to be benevolently passed on yep, yep. to another club because 
It's just... Um, they, they've copyrighted that. No one can have that. <laughs> <laughs> they've got to let it, somebody else bring that to the table. But it's like, surely it's like you've, you, you've got a rental property and you've got people renting and they don't damage the place. <laughs> they pay regularly. They keep it neat and tidy. They're benign. They're not, they're not doing any damage. Mm. And then you're risking them, good people, good, nice people, for, for someone who you think, oh, I can get more out of them. But for how long? Yeah, but Vinny, before if, they if, trash the if place. If there's a whale that wants to rent your property, you you want you you you, you apologise to the good people that are paying a certain amount and not damaging the property. But if you've got a whale coming in and they're there to stay once they come, a West Sydney Wanderers type whale, they're prepared mm. to pay double the rent. Should should we look? This is uh, should should we give it a go because of our Oceania roots? The fact that we're helping a a former Oceania colleague. Oceania the Anzac Spirit. Nothing. Is that what Oceania, you're saying, Rodrigo? Oceania did nothing for us. They did. Charlie Dempsey did Heard nothing. Us. Yeah, that's true. They, they did nothing for us. The reason why Wellington Phoenix and the previous incarnations like Auckland Kings, Football Kings, and all the all the lame um, additions of this club before this. Remember yeah. the pub team? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, I coined them the pub we team? We coined them the pub team. For years and years and years, they were the pub team. Right, mm. they're, they're they're better now, but they but they're, they're not really contributing much more. But the reason why they came in is because we tried to curry favour with the OFC at the time, who had good links with FIFA, and they thought we were going to get direct World Cup route and all that sort of stuff. I'm telling you, we don't owe New Zealand football anything more. Uh, yes, it would be unfair mm. and unjust if we got but, rid of them the way they are now. But for the good of Australian football, if there is a chance of bringing in a West Indy Wanderers type. Club through the exchange. Let's go if for it. Just explain to me why why we can't have both. Why can't we have another team? Because and Wellington. They, no, they why keep, do we need no, to they, cut Wellington? No, they they're keeping ten teams. That, so it's just ten. Th- that's it. That's it. Well, that's dumb. Let, let's hear from uh, Frank in Springvale, who's called us in on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Um, Frank, good day and welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm a fan of all sports, but yeah, they, we need a team in New Zealand, and this face a lot of. Other soccer teams have fallen by the wayside, but I just reckon a bit of perseverance and stop jumping again and getting rid of these teams, even though they, you know, they could be heroes in a couple of years. And once, once I know the crowds have let them down, but uh, I don't know. You know, we've we've had a few sides like Melbourne Knights and that. If they had a chance in the National League, they'd do all right. You know, it's an interesting point, Frank. I think what you're finding with Wellington is that that the FFA is actually battling a lot of the overarching international bodies in terms of even having mm. Wellington in the mm. competition. I mean, I don't think, um, I don't think uh, the Asian Confederation particularly like the fact that there's a team from Oceania that in a national competition. And I'm, I know that you would say that, you know, Swansea and the incarnation of Welsh teams, Cardiff and the like, have played in the English Premier League. But in genuine terms, FIFA actually don't really want um, clubs in other national competitions either. So the, I don't know whether the FFA is succumbing to that pressure, but I think there's there's a financial reality, there's a marketing and, um, reality, and there's also an international reality around why Wellington maybe shouldn't be in the competition. Thanks for your call there, Frank. Um, really appreciate that. I, I actually really believe the urgency behind this, because it's actually come... You know, really, in the last week, it's, the, the story's come out. Even before that, media were talking about it, so they've been fed the story by the officers there at uh, FFA. I really believe there's an urgency because of the TV rights deal. 
I honestly believe that Channel 9, Channel 7, or Channel 10, whoever they're trying to negotiate with, they've said, if you want us to even contemplate for a moment to take the television rights and pay the sort of money you want, we can't have a team from Wellington because they bring nothing to the television rights landscape or, 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 or the viewership landscape. And, and these people don't muck around. And I think that's what the urgency here is. That's why it's come out so suddenly. Even though I've heard murmurings before, I just got a feeling it, it's, it's, it's got something to do with the And TV. then doesn't that put the Players Association in a difficult yep. spot? Because the increased television rights deal bigger that cake. comes, bigger cake, more equal distribution, yep. when they actually aren't, nego- aren't able to negotiate a collective PFA, bargaining agreement. The PFA have to come out and stand by Wellington because of the jobs of those players over there. Right, those players will get jobs with a new club. Bonavaccio will be jumped all over. There's uh, Roy Krishna. Oh, Krishna. Yeah, these guys will be picked up in in a second. Yeah, some of them will, not all of them will. Oh, they, they will. Yeah, well, I mean, if they're if they're not good enough to get get into this tenth team, but you think this is a decent Wellington side. Most of those guys, eighty percent of those guys, oh, are some, a, a some of the stalwarts, yeah. you know, defensive stalwarts, would get a game anywhere. But if you got, if you want to grow your league, right? Don't you want more teams in it? You want to grow your league in your own but, country. But, but, the, pro- well, but yes, the proper... But, but, but you the want proper, more teams in it, yes or no? But the proper teams, Vidi. The proper teams in the proper regions. Wellington in 10 years' time, do you think that they would suddenly be a Melbourne victory? Because every team should be aspiring to be the best they can be. And that means in that marketplace, they've got to be... I mean, they've got the whole of New Zealand. And even under threat, they only brought in 6,000 people on the weekend. Under threat. Th- th- this is not to say they don't have work to do over there to, to carry more favour with their their demographic and, and their supporter base, but they are, they, they're not being carried by anyone. They're playing good football. They're competitive. They had their best season ever last year. So by all indicators, they're actually getting better as a footballing um, unit and group. So I, I understand that whole, they're not going to benefit our league, but unfortunately we've, we've, we've brought them in and maybe it was foolish to bring them in in the first place. And I just think it looks silly to just cut them for no real reason other than, well, a TV deal. I understand because there's big money at stake, but I just think, well, what? Is it, it's going to hurt you that much having Wellington in there. Surely but you're saying you having, make... you're saying having 11 clubs. Yeah, I would oh, well, have 11 but clubs. But that, unfortunately, that's not the boundaries we're working in. That's, they've, they've said they've settled on 10 clubs for the foreseeable future, so yeah. someone has to go. They've clearly made, a, a, they've made no decision yet, but uh, they've clearly said that a team in South Sydney will um, might dilute some of the you know current Sydney teams, you know Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC, but it'll still be more than than what Wellington bring to the table, which the, is which is a bit of a shame. Just just a couple of quick uh, text messages here. Um, Vinny should ask Ella, do you want good people who pay their rent and keep the place neat and tidy, or hooligans? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I want know, good people. The market people. in Sydney is just so untapped in terms of it is geographic, you know. Mm. Sydney FC are well, you're our Northern New South Wales expert. Sydney FC are Northern Beaches, you know, the Glitterati set. They're the same guys that barrack for the Sydney Swans during the winter time, you know, that sort of trendy set. The Western Sydney Wanderers are a completely different demographic set of people and then the the Sutherland Shire is a completely different demographic that extends all the way from South Sydney down all the way to Wollongong, which is effectively an untapped market and if you think about it Wollongong and this team would cater for that in the similar way that St George Illawarra cater for both the southern part of Sydney St George area and also Illawarra I mean Wollongong is the area 
of the old NSL that hasn't actually been captured, so to speak, in an A-League team. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And the markets are so different and the population is so huge. Look forward to the next edition of the New South Wales Premier League. Um, (laughs) Isn't the solution just to get the New Zealand Federation to join the Asian Confederation? That's a simple solution from Bob. I think there'll need to be a bit of uh, diplomatic work before that happens. You'd need to get the fixer in, Christopher Pine, to actually get that to work. But the the question is, in theory, Wellington or a New Zealand team should bring to the table the New Zealand market. And they're just not. Now, you only keep them if they do that, if they're certain they can do that in the next five, six, seven, ten years. FFA aren't convinced that they will. Hi, Diego. If Wellington qualified for the AFC Champions League, would they be allowed to compete in that competition? No, That's not Santa from Coburg. That's not kind of the problem, Santa, yeah. because um, if they finished on top and qualified, yep. they, they, don't, they don't play. And now, weren't they, weren't they a game away... Or two games away last yeah, well, season. They were, they were in the yeah. top couple yeah. a couple of times. We owe NZ nothing. That's regards Mario Jardel. <laughs> uh, keep the knocks. Uh, they're they're great to watch. Kick out victory. Had enough of them. Yeah, getting actually, that yeah, was from Warren. Yeah, that's, that's from, from Warren. me. Yeah. I texted that quietly under the table. Yeah. How about a team in Geelong? Well, that's the other thing. I honestly believe uh, Sydney. Like geographically, you talk about Sydney. How they they're quite unique. That it's almost three different separate regions. Yeah, yep. that, that don't really uh, overlap at all. No, they don't. I think. The area of Geelong and the western, you know, that, that surf coast area and the western area of, uh, you know, Ballarat and Geelong, that area there, I think that that could have the similar type uh, set up. Pull factor. Yeah, I just rec- I just mm. think that that is a hotbed there that could be now with the FFA Cup and what we see with the excitement with these next rung of clubs, I just think you can replicate that and bring everyone together for that western area. And it could, and this might hurt Warren, but I think a team there could uh, be more popular than Melbourne City within five years. We've got to take a break. That was Ash's question, actually, off the SMS is what about a team in Geelong. Um, we could talk about this all, all night, yeah. but let's take a break now. When we come back, we'll catch up with uh, Mike McGrath and talk about the English Premier League. Might even ask him a couple of questions about Jose Mourinho, yeah. West Ham, Carlos. You want to talk oh, about yeah. West Ham? Why not? On eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Winning is a beautiful thing. When you win, you eat better, sleep better, your beer tastes better, and your wife looks like Paris Hilton. Geez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. And coming up after Diego's, it's all night appetite from 12 till 6. And uh, right now, we'll cross to the UK and catch up with our man from the sun, Mike McGrath. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you again, Mike. It's Rodrigo. Vinny's here as well. Warren's in the chair as well, and so is Carlos Alberto Diego. Mike, we've been talking about uh, Jose Mourinho with you every week. He's obviously, uh, his, his team lost uh, 2-1 to West Ham at the weekend. He's been charged with misconduct after being sent to the stands. Warren's the only one in this room that gets sent to the stands every now and then. Is he just about, is, he, is, he gonna, is his career going to implode? Well, do, Mike, Warren has just come into the studio and said he's, he's minutes away from getting the sack. Is there, is there, a, is there some sort of press conference on there right now? There was a press or? conference. Uh, the, uh, is Warren, has he gone AWOL? Sorry. Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm here, Mike. I'm, I'm, back, I'm back from AWOL because Jurgen Klopp's on board. <laughs> Let's talk about um, Jose. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's been you know, a horrendous season so far. But um, I think he's going to get a little bit more time 
turn it around. But like like you're saying, I mean, it, it's difficult to see how they're going to turn it around and how much worse it can get for them. Um, I think Jose is holding on to the fact that they're not playing as badly as the results seem. But I mean, it just seems that there's a lack of leadership in the team, a lack of quality in the team, and maybe a la- lack of hunger. And it does all point to the manager, unfortunately. He carries a can. I don't think he's gone from... I think there are circumstances to this um, about the about the dramatic decline. Um, I, I, I think there is a future for Mourinho. Whether it's at Chelsea, though, I'm not sure beyond um, you know, the next few weeks. Mike, it's Carlos. Now, oh, with the self-proclaimed special one... I would love to see him keep his job until the end of the season because if he can turn it around, he's indeed the special one. I mean, he's always had the squads that are expected to win things with the best players, and he's and he's you know that's that's not easy still to win things, but he he wins now with a team that won the league quite comprehensively last season, um, and they've lost their way in the first ten games. I would love to see him, you know, be given the job for the rest of the season. Let him go and see if he can turn it around. And if he does, he's indeed the special one. Yeah, uh, I mean, it would be an incredible turnaround from here. Yet now we're talking about top four would be a huge success from where they are a quarter of the season in. And, you know, only a couple of places above the relegation zone. That would be a great turnaround. I think, you know, Arsenal done it recently when they had a terrible start. Um but, yeah, he's not been in this situation before, so we're going to see the real test of his um, powers, um, possibly politically to keep his job first, and then to co- and then coaching-wise to get players out there um, performing better than they are. Um, and he, he quite clearly needs uh, some fresh blood in January. I think if he does turn it round, it'll be one of the most, um, you know, one of the biggest U-turns uh, of the season. Um but yeah, I think there'll be celebrations for fourth rather than you know. I think first is completely out of the question. Mike, is the lesson for the special one uh, that he should just be kind to all physiotherapists, no matter <laughs> where they are and who that, they are? That seems to be. Um, it, I, I think that was that's part of really been part of it. I don't think a few people over here have said it started with Eva. Um, Canero, but I think it was well before that, and that was just like an illustration of um, how things were going wrong and how he was losing the plot a bit. Um, but I think it went further back than that. Mike, just the Manchester derby for me. I, I just I, Manchester United under the new manager. They just seem to me to become. To, well, I know they scored three goals against Everton the week before, but. In the big games, it's just there's just a downness about the way they play, and I, I'm wondering, is it strategic in terms of picking and choosing when they play, or is it just the fact that that's the way we're going to see them play, particularly in the big games? Yeah, but this is this is the United way um, now. Uh, under Alex Ferguson, it was a lot of attacking, bombarding, uh, bombarding opposition, particularly at. Old Trafford, and with a goal needed, a winner needed, or an equaliser needed, they would just pour forward. Now, in now, in regardless of the situation, um, Van Hull has gotten impatiently. 
So instead of pouring forward with five minutes to go when they need a winner, they will still look for they will still keep passing it. This and and this style of football has been kind of noted, you know, from very early and, and now United fans have just got to get a different uh expectation and kind of a different um a different aura, I think, around Old Trafford, which I think is quite difficult for some of them to, to cope with. Mike, I was going to say, uh, do the fans over there feel that Van Hull is, is tinkering a little bit too much? Um, once upon a time, you sort of knew who was going to be playing in in in, a, in each position week in, week out, and you knew what you were getting. You know, one week it's Valencia, uh, you know, then we've got Rooney, then Depay isn't playing necessarily or stuff like that. What's going on with that and how are the fans responding to, to, to that aspect? Yeah, I think it's part of Van Hull trying to find his best team. Um, and there's a real puzzle at the moment with how to get the best out of Marshall and Rooney. Marshall seems to be their most, their biggest threat. Obviously, Rooney's their biggest name and the, and the captain. Um, so there's a bit of tinkering there. Injuries haven't helped. Um, I don't think he's got. I don't think he's somebody who tinkers a lot in terms of sweeping changes. I think it's just a case of who he wants to replace. Um, sure, he seems to have. He seems to keep rotating Carrick, Schnabelin, and um, Schweinsteiger, and I, I just think that that bit up front is the real key decision for him. Um, so I think it's still a case of him trying to find his his his, um, his best team. Hey Mike, as we let you go, where are you uh, working this weekend? Uh, well, there's only one place to be really: uh, Stamford Bridge, the special one v Klopp. Um, <laughs> Klopp looking well. He might he might have had his first win so they're playing tonight, um, but he's looking for his first Premier League win, um, and it could be another tough day for Jose. Mate, enjoy it. Uh, we will definitely enjoy it on the TV. You enjoy it live, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Cheers, guys. Speak yeah, soon. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun. As always, good to talk to. Let's take a break now and come back with uh, the finding mo- final moments of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Manchester United boss Alex Ferguson once said, When Italians tell me it's pasta, I check under the sauce to make sure it is. They're the masters of the smoke screen. They come out with the English are so strong, we're terrible in the air, we can't do this, we can't do that. Then they beat you 3-0. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the four Diegos. Yes, as we come around the home stretch with about 30 seconds to go, Carlos. Yes, so just a bit of a shout-out to the Maltese under-17 team that's representing Australia tomorrow, the Joeys. Yes. <laughs> They're playing Nigeria tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, SBS. Uh, they did really well beating Argentina. And look out for the boy Panetta up front. Yeah. Can score, eye for goal, scores for fun. Our boy. Yeah, with a name like that, he could very yeah. well play for Malta. But, um, <laughs> hey, uh, being a packed show, thanks for your company tonight. Thanks for your calls. We didn't even talk about the W League, the, the Bratton, Derby. Bratton, Bratton going, going oh. to Man City. Um, but anyway, it's been a big show. Don't yeah. forget, well, just to let you know, the Diego's final whistle is happening on Friday night from 10 after the Melbourne City versus They'll Newcastle win. Jets game. So until then, remember, Carlos. We have a Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls in their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Ole! Ole!